0: and girls, and welcome to Storytime with Avant-Garde Books. I'm Cherie Hardy, and today I will be reading Changes for Addie, A Winter Story. This is book six of the Addie series by the American Girls Collection. This book was written by Corrine Porter, and the illustrations are by Bradford Brown. The Vignettes are by Renee Graff and Jerry Strangez-Boucher. If you have this book, feel free to follow along, but if you don't, it's quite okay. Get in a very comfortable place and just get relaxed and listen quietly to Changes for Addie, A Winter Story. Here's some background information. As 1865 ends, Addie still longs to have her whole family together. She's begun to give up hope when the Walker family finally gets word that baby Esther, Auntie Lula and Uncle Solomon have started out for Philadelphia. Addie begins to search the city for them. Her search is rewarded, but the reunion she dreamed of is mixed with joy and sorrow. Freedom has cost her family dearly. As Addie prepares for the emancipation celebration at church, she wonders if she even believes the famous words about freedom she is supposed to read. Mama reminds Addie that their family will always be together, as long as their love and courage live in her heart. Right, here is the story. Chapter One, Pieces of a Puzzle. On a wet and windy afternoon in early December, the door to Mrs. Ford's shop flew open. Addie and Sarah rushed inside. The door slammed shut behind them, so it rattled and rattled the windows. We're sorry, Mrs. Ford, Addie and Sarah said together. Well, don't just stand there, dripping on the floor, girls, Mrs. Ford said briskly. Go over there to the stove and dry off. Addie's mother smiled from where she sat at the sewing machine. Y'all late getting here from school, she said. It's so cold. I thought you'd all run away. We stopped by the Quaker meeting house to see if Mr. Cooper had any news about Esther. Auntie Lula and Uncle Solomon said Addie, but he didn't. Mama took off Addie's hat and smoothed her hair. Well, we just gotta hope he hears something tomorrow then, she said. He probably won't, said Addie with a sigh. She peeled off her mittens and held up her hands to the warmth of the stove. More than a year ago, Papa and Sam had been sold off Master Stevens's plantation and Addie and Mama had run away, leaving baby Esther behind with Auntie Lula and Uncle Solomon. The war had been over since April, and Papa and Sam had joined them in Philadelphia, but Addie's dream of having her whole family together in freedom was taking a long time to come true. Papa had gone back to the Stevenses' plantation last summer to find Esther, Lula, and Solomon, but they had left, and no one knew where they'd gone. Papa had searched several freedmen's camps near the plantation, but after a month he had returned to Philadelphia. Since then, Addie had helped write letters each week to aid societies and freedmen's camps to see if anyone anywhere knew anything about her family, but no one ever answered. I know you're feeling discouraged, said Mama kindly, but we can't stop hoping. The only way you get what you want is by hoping and working hard. Your mother's right, Mrs. Ford said. And she has been working hard. We both have. With the new sewing machine, we'll make twice as many dresses as we did by hand. And that means me and Addie are going to have twice as many dresses to deliver, said Sarah. And that means we're going to make twice as much tip money, said Addie with a smile. The whole Walker family was saving money, so Papa could make another trip to search for Esther, Lula, and Solomon. There's plenty for you girls to do today, said Mrs. Ford. In addition to the deliveries, I need you to pick up two dresses for alterations and go to the dry goods store. You better get started then, said Addie, putting on her mittens and hat. But Sarah wasn't ready. She was taking off her boots. Mrs. Ford, I don't mean to bother you, but... Do you got any extra paper for me to put in my boots, she asked. "'Child, what you need is another pair of boots,' said Mrs. Ford. "'Sure do, ma'am,' Sarah said, pulling wads of dirty, wet paper out of her boots. "'These is too small, but my folks can't afford to buy me new ones yet. "'I'm going to get new soles for these. That's cheaper.' Addie saw that Sarah's stockings were wet to the ankle. There was a hole as big as a half dollar in one boot, and the sole was nearly ripped off the other.' Mrs. Ford handed Sarah the newspaper. Sarah took a few minutes to fold it and stuff as much of it as she could into each boot, and then she pulled her boots back on. "'The paper should last till I get home,' Sarah said. "'If I don't slop through too many puddles.'" The girls gathered the packages Mrs. Ford had wrapped and headed for the door. "'Y'all take care crossing the streets,' Mama reminded them. "'We will,' they promised.'" And, for goodness sake, don't let the door slam, Mrs. Ford added. Addie smiled at Mrs. Ford and made sure she closed the door quietly as she and Sarah left the shop. It wasn't sleeting now, but there was still a strong wind. The streets were crowded with people rushing along, trying to get out of the cold. Addie held her armful of packages close to her chest to keep them safe. The first address is over on Commerce Street, she said to Sarah. Addie turned right. And they came to the corner. But Sarah turned left. Where are you going? Addie asked. Catching hold of Sarah's sleeve. Commerce Street is this way. Past Washington Square. You're right, Sarah said smiling.
1: I don't know what I'm
0: thinking. As she and Addie walked along together. Sarah went on. Things sure done changed since last year. Back then you would turn the wrong way. Not me. You hardly knew anything about Philadelphia back then. Addie smiled you the one who taught me how to find my way around,' she said. "'I couldn't even read the addresses on the packages.' "'Now you read better than me,' Sarah said. "'That's why Reverend Drake gave you the most important part to read "'in the celebration at church on New Year's Eve.' Annie made a face. "'I'm kind of nervous about that,' she admitted. "'The Emancipation Proclamation is hard. "'It's got big words in it I don't even understand. "'I can help you practice,' said Sarah cheerfully.' I'd like that, said Addie. Come to my house on Saturday after we make our deliveries and help me. Not Saturday, Sarah answered. My mama really need me to work with her on the washing, but I can help you at school tomorrow during lunch. Good, Addie said. I need it. On their way to their first delivery, Addie and Sarah passed the Institute for Colored Youth. Addie stopped to pull up her knee warmers. She stared at a group of students coming out of the brick building. They were carrying stacks of books, and they were laughing and talking together. Miss Duncan said you can be a student at the institute when you're 11. Addie said to Sarah, that means you and me could be here next year and study to be teachers like Miss Dunn. Wouldn't that be good? She straightened her back and held her head high, the way Miss Dunn did. Sarah looked wistful. It would be, she said. Then she nudged Addie, but we better keep on with these deliveries. My feet getting wetter every minute, you ride, right, Addie said. As they walked on, she looked back at the institute thinking how wonderful it would be if she and Sarah were students there. When Addie and Sarah finished their deliveries, they said goodbye and parted. Addie rushed home through the darkening streets as if she were pushed along by the wind. She was freezing, her hat and mittens were wet, the hem of her petticoat was damp, and her feet were numb by the cold. Sarah's feet must be even colder than mine, Addie thought. She was grateful when she turned onto the street and saw the bright lights of the boarding house. She splashed through a puddle, sprinted up the steps, and landed on the doorstep out of breath. When Addie stepped inside the door, she heard a murmur of voices coming from the dining room. Though it was still too early for supper, Addie took off her hat and mittens, and knee warmers and coat and went to see what was going on. Papa, Sam, and Mama were gathered at a table looking at two letters. Papa smiled broadly when he saw Addie. "'Come on over here,' he said to her. "'I want to show you something,' Papa handed Addie one of the letters. "'You know who wrote this?' he asked. At first, Addie didn't recognize the letter. It was tattered and so water-stained that some of the words had run together. Then, with a shock, Addie recognized her own handwriting. "It's one of my letters,' she said." This is a letter mr cooper sent to the freedmen's camp before you left last summer, papa. But how did it get here? Papa gave addie the other letter. Your letter came folded inside this other one, he said. You read so good. Why don't you read it aloud so all of us can hear it at once? Addie's hands trembled. Please let this letter be good news, she prayed. She took a deep breath and began to read. Raleigh, North Carolina. October 20th, 1865. Dear Mr. Walker, my name is Bertha Gilbert and I am a volunteer with the Quaker Aid Society. Your letter, which I am enclosing, took a long time to get here. I am writing to inform you that Solomon and Lula Morgan came to a freedman's camp where I've been working. They... "'What about Esther?' Mama interrupted nervously. "'Wasn't she with them?' "'Wait, Mama, listen,' said Addie. She continued reading. "'They had a baby girl with them. "'I still remember them "'because Lula took special care of the little girl "'who had a bad cold. "'Lula sat up with her at night "'even though she wasn't feeling well herself. "'Both she and Solomon appeared thin and frail, they left as soon as the baby was better, about a week before your letter came. I tried to encourage them to stay on here longer to gather their strength, but they said they were heading to Philadelphia. Addie stopped reading. They must be here, she exclaimed. They gotta be in Philadelphia by now. Hold on there, Annie, Sam said. Don't be counting your chickens before they hatch. They might not be here yet, but they must have left over a month ago. They gotta be here, Addie declared. Now, they ain't got to be, Papa said. Uncle Solomon Auntie Lula real old. They can't travel fast. They could have run into bad weather or had to stop at another camp on the way. What does the rest of the letter say, Mama asked. Addie scanned the final line. It says she wished us the best of luck in finding our family, and she hoped her letter helped us. It does help, said Papa. And your letter helped too, Addie. Now we know Solomon and Lula on the way with Esther. Maybe they're here but ain't found us yet, said Addie. Shouldn't we start looking for them here in Philadelphia? We should, said Mama. We can keep searching the aid societies and the churches and the hospitals, Sam added. That letter said they might be sick. I can look while I'm out for my deliveries, Addie said excitedly. And after too." Look now, Mama said, I don't want you darling while you making deliveries for Mrs. Ford. Like she always say, she running a business and after you finish, I don't want you running all over the city by yourself. It's getting dark early now and them streets is dangerous. Me and Addie can go together, said Sam. We can meet up when I get off work and she go with her deliveries for Mrs. Ford. And me and Mama be looking too, said Papa. We've been working together as a family. And that's what we're going to keep on doing. And together, we're going to find Esther and Auntie Lula and Uncle Solomon and bring them home, Addie said confidently. Later that night, when Addie was snuggled into the bed with her doll, Ida Bean, she looked over at the table where Papa and Sam were playing makala. The lantern light surrounded them with a warm glow. Mama's head was bent over her sewing. She was fitting a cuff onto the end of a small sleeve. Addie loved to watch Mama's hands sew different-shaped pieces of cloth together so that they fit together perfectly. When Mama sewed, it was as if she was working on a puzzle that always came out right. There was never a missing piece. Addie hoped her family would soon be joined together like that, whole and safe. "'Who you making the dress for?' Addie asked. Mama looked up and smiled. Esther, she said. "'It matched the one I'm making for you to wear to church.' for the emancipation celebration. Mama smoothed the red cloth with white dots over her knees. I picked out this here fabric a while back, but I ain't dare start nothing for Esther. It didn't seem right, you know, but now I think Esther gonna be with us soon. Mama, said Addie, you think Esther and Auntie Lulu and Uncle Solomon is warm and safe tonight like us? Mama sighed. We can hope and pray they is, she said. You say an extra special prayer for them tonight. I will, Addie promised. Her face lit by the light of the lantern. And tomorrow, we're going to start looking for them in Philadelphia. All right, boys and girls, that was chapter one of Changes for Addie, A Winter Story. This is book six of the Addie series from the American Girls Collection. I will be doing another episode right after this one that will give you more information about Addie's family. Well, I thank you for listening, wonderful boys and girls, and just continue to listen. I will continue reading this book. Take care. time with Avant Garde Books. I'm Jerry Hardy and I'm so thankful that you're listening. I really appreciate you. Today I'm going to be giving you a little background information about Addie. This is a story that is from the American Girls Collection and I'm reading a story right now called Changes for Addie. Here is some information about her family and her friends. First of all, we have Papa, Addie's father, whose dream gives the family strength. And then we have mama, Addie's mother, whose love helps the family survive. And then, of course, the main protagonist of this story is Addie, a courageous girl, smart and strong, growing up during the Civil War. And then we have Sam, Addie's 16-year-old brother, determined to be free. And Esther, Addie's two-year-old sister. Here are some other members of Addie's family and friends. We have Lula the cook on the plantation who has always looked out for Addie's family. You have Uncle Solomon, and that's Auntie Lula's husband, who gives good advice. Sarah Moore, Addie's good friend. Mrs. Moore, Sarah's mother, who helps support her family by taking in laundry. And then there is Mrs. Ford, the firm but fair owner of the dress shop where Mama works. So that gives you a little background information about Addie's family. So when you're reading the story, you'll know who everyone is. I will continue reading Changes for Addie every day. Have a wonderful day, boys and girls. Take care.